Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. I'd like to introduce my co-host. Uh, this is someone who, um, uh, <laughs> you know, I really should come up with these in advance. Yes. I think. Yeah. Me too. Uh, uh, to my co-host who has, he's got someone in his basement. I've heard them screaming this mm-hmm. entire time yeah. we've been sitting here. Yeah. And I don't know who it is. And it's disturbing to me. Uh, Mike Staub. Yeah, um, we're not going to talk about that. And to my favorite boy detective, Jordan Hill. Oh, that was cute. I could I could have done that. I didn't think of that. I was going to give you a penguin thing, but I couldn't think of it. Uh, today we're talking about a hated episode. Oh, yeah. A hated episode yeah. of Batman the Animated Series. This uh, episode is called I've Got Batman in My Basement. I've Got Batman in My Basement. This was production side order number 13, broadcast order number 20. Yep. So this was pushed back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, this is an episode that generally people do not like and uh, that includes the creators but you know what before we get into all the mishigas of the imdb trivia and people's general feelings on this mike how about your your initial thoughts on i've got batman in my basement yeah so um my initial thoughts in this episode are that it's um it's not great uh it's it's uh it's an episode that clearly was like Batman the Animated Series could have went many different directions when they first started it. It could be the show that we sure, got, yeah. which is the right idea. Right. We're going to make a show that is, uh, you know, I don't, I hate using the term dark because dark has come to mean like metal. Yeah, dark and gritty. I <laughs> want my dark comic books. Tits out. Yeah. It's Friday. Hits and tits. Yeah. Um. So I want it to, I don't want to say dark, but it could be dark and moody, uh, a little bit more mature but also be something that kids could watch and enjoy, something for everyone. Okay. Or Batman could have been a goofy Saturday morning cartoon, and this episode is Is very much that. It's very much in the vein of like, imagine if Tiny Toon Adventures was a Batman show, and that's what we have here. This episode has more of the 66 Batman in it than anything we've seen so far. Yes. Um, It's not the best of episodes. It's a weird introduction of the Penguin. Um, why the penguin has a pet vulture is very odd. Um, all of it is weird, especially when the penguin himself isn't super like avian, right? <laughs> right. Right. Like he's just a little guy in a suit. Yeah. Also, I find it hilarious that Paul Williams is the voice of the penguin, who's great. I love Paul Williams. Uh, Paul Williams, for those of you who don't know, a little Paul Williams trivia, pretty much every Muppet song yeah. ever was written by Paul he's Williams. Rainbow Connection. He wrote Rainbow Connection. Uh, Paul Williams is a prolific songwriter. He's been around for decades at this point it's hilarious they cast him as the penguin because i don't think he sounds like quote-unquote the penguin he's just a very small man well he does really sound a lot like burgess meredith yeah i guess so so if they're uh, you mentioned the 66 batman that is the vibe and maybe that's why he did it because he probably watched the 66 batman sure um i'm gonna give my initial thoughts quickly and then i want to let's make the penguin our first topic today so my initial thoughts on this episode um and this is not in disagreement to you Mike. Yeah. This is in disagreement to all of you folks out there, presumably. Um, I, I I, am totally aware that this episode is hated. It's a reviled episode. People usually put it in the bottom five. It's usually somewhere in Underdweller's territory. Um, I really like this episode. Um, and that's going to happen when there's a lot of episodes of a thing and people yeah. have their weird yeah. pet opinions. And this is mine. 
Um, for me, I've got Batman in my basement is a core episode for me for the okay. animated series. And I think it was episode one of this podcast. Might have been episode two. We were just casually mentioning like the great episodes or yeah. something like that. And yeah. We were being very casual about it. And we had said, oh, yeah, you know, of course, you know, almost got him in Heart of Ice. And I mentioned I've got Batman in my basement. You didn't flinch. I think it was probably because you didn't hear me. Yeah. But I really meant that. I hold this episode in as high regard as I do those. That doesn't mean I'll rank it in the top 25, though. It, honestly, it's it's an honorable mention for me. It's right there. Um, I think what this episode is about, regardless of the delivery system that gets you there, which is this episode i can't get emotional yet i'll save it for the end of the episode this episode is about what it is to be a fan of batman yeah 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 yeah. that's what this episode is actually yeah, about yeah. so just like last week uh when we did um it's never too late yeah and how you know on the surface that seems like kind of a gangland psa episode yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah under the surface of that there's a really good religious moral redemption story Mm-hmm. I think this episode is silly, it's goofy, it's lighter in tone, yeah. it has the 66 vibes, it has Saturday morning cartoon vibes, but underneath that is, uh, for me, no less than the essence of what it is to be a fan. Yeah, I get it. And to defend something. Yeah, yeah I get it. Uh, and to really love and protect a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's something really good here, whether they intended it or not, it's what I've always really found in this episode, and... When people are like, oh, go ahead, just rattle off your favorite animated series episodes, I always bring up, I've got Batman in my basement. Um, well, it's good so that, that you're the one covering it. it for sure. And I, I really was looking forward to covering this episode, and I'm excited that we're here today uh, doing that. Let's just go through a couple topics today. We started with uh, Paul, Williams Paul Williams and the Williams, Penguin. Let's yep. just talk about where we're at with the Penguin at this point in in the animated series. This is one of the most perplexing things. I, I think it's... It's sort of one of the reasons why they might have pushed this episode off a little bit. Well, it's complicated, right? The Penguin's in a weird place when this episode is coming out. This whole series comes out on the heels of Batman Returns, which is a movie that is hated by parents, even if kids like it. It is not a kid-friendly movie. Nothing about that movie is um, appealing to children. No. It's appealing to like little boys and girls who think, like, hey, yeah. this is pretty fucking cool. Absolutely. Uh, but it is a scary movie. It's off-putting. It's gross. Yep. And nothing is more gross or scary or off-putting than Danny DeVito's portrayal of yep. the Penguin, which is iconic and brilliant, but a complete departure of course. from how that character has ever been portrayed. How would we describe the animated series Penguin? I don't think there's anything here yet. He's like a mashup. Yeah, he's like a mashup of many different takes on the Penguin. And honestly, he doesn't get enough time to really shine. He's just a guy that's bird themed in this episode, right? Yeah. So in his debut, this episode, we get a little, uh, we get a lot of the '66 Batman yeah. Penguin yeah, in this with episode. Stuff out of the umbrella. He, and, yeah, right. Yeah. He vaguely sounds like Burgess Meredith. He, yes, yeah. as you said, he's got like the umbrella themed gadgets. He's doing a bird caper yeah. with a literal bird companion, Scrap yeah. the Vulture, who's yeah. fucking metal in this yeah, episode. Yeah, I do he's like awesome. Scratch the Vulture. Even um, though, is it Scratch? Uh, scrap. Scrap. And scrap. he's after scrap. a Fabergé egg, and it's it's very, very corny. But it kind of stops there because the look of him is still kind of the Burton penguin, yeah. specifically when he's running for mayor. Yeah, 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 when he's like Cobblepot running that rigged election. Right, because in the comics, he never had deformed hands. No. And in this interpretation, he does. He has the three-digit flipper hands. I don't like when, like, I like Batman Returns. Oh, Full disclosure. Oh, I love it. Actually, we love, we my, love Batman my favorite Returns. Batman film is Batman Returns. Yeah, really, so it is. We love Batman Returns here. 
Um, I don't like when the penguin's a birdman. I like when penguin's just a gangster, a gangster. who's just a little guy in a tuxedo, and I they agree. call him penguin because he's a short, yep. fat guy. Mm-hmm. The video game, the Arkham game oh, interpretation best. of him is the best interpretation. Best interpretation I, I when think. he's like a cockney. Yeah. Actually, I was I was hoping that was what we were going to get out of Colin Farrell. I thought so too, and especially when they cast him, I was excited because I was like, "Oh, cool! They're going to do him as like kind of a gentlemanly Cockney weirdo." You yeah, know? but and no, he's no. just another Italian named. Uh, they just wanted to turn Colin into Richard Kind. Yeah, Richard Kind, man, Bing Bong, poor guy. Good old Bing Bong. Good old Bing Bong. He doesn't have a good end. Uh, Paul Williams is great in this I, role. Yeah, I like uh, I like Paul Williams a lot, man. He is. He's one of my favorite voice performances at this as this character uh, in the series. He's kind of doing a Burgess Meredith. He's kind of also doing like a Shakespearean thespian yeah. type. So he's yeah. very much in the family of the Joker or the Scarecrow. Because yeah. Scarecrow is very Fraser crane You Ingrid's! Yeah, it's, it's very much that. In this episode, he's quoting, you know, Shakespeare yeah. and, and doing all that stuff too. So it's it's a really cool performance. It is, however, and I will admit this, even though it's one of my favorite episodes, uh, it is a totally lame first appearance. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I yeah. mean, essentially, Penguin, who's supposed to be a real threat, uh, is basically outsmarted by Kevin McAllister knockoff yeah, Sherman Grant. There is a Home Alone vibe here. and this this uh, Sure, I think it's intentional. Yeah, it's yeah. intentional. It's two years after Home Alone comes out. Uh, I think it's a few months before Home Alone 2 da, hits da, theater. Da, 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 da. Is that a Danny Elfman score? No, that is... Um, John Williams? I think it's John Williams. Yeah, I think Home Alone's John Williams. Well, we're not going to look it up. No, we, okay. we will not. We, will we not. have the tools, but I will not. Yeah, you fucking look it up, you yeah, people. Yeah, you know <laughs> you it do out it. there. You know it out there, listeners. <laughs> That's you, a great score. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Home yeah. Alone? And Home the Alone's soundtrack cool. rules. Excellent. Rules. Excellent. But Darling yeah. Love, All Alone on Christmas. I sing that shit every year. So good. So good. So good. Um... Yeah, so uh, first appearance of the Penguin. Unfortunately, it's totally lame. I do like him because I like Paul Williams. Yeah. I don't love the design. He's actually one of the few characters yeah. that I appreciated when they switched over the design for the new adventures. Yeah, yeah. Um, not great in here. Um, yeah, how much did Home Alone influence this episode? I, yeah. I think quite a bit. I think a lot. I think a lot. I think Home Alone was a huge influence. I mean, Home Alone at this point in time, and maybe it's just because we watched it in my house constantly, Um there was a huge movie. Yeah. Home Alone was a huge movie. It was is like, that a holiday film for you guys or just year round? Well, it was a holiday film for sure. We, we, we have a couple of core films that overlap though because I remember I watched Ghostbusters. Oh, Ghostbusters. Like non-stop. Ghostbusters. Yeah, I watched Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Mine was Return to Oz is a horror film for me. I think Batman was The 89 one of my, Batman, yes. Yeah, I think Batman was one of my Even movies. though I, I was scared by it. Oh, yeah. yeah 89 Batman yeah. scared me. So did Return to Oz, but even yeah. then I liked horror movies. So. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I watched a lot of Home Alone, but I, Home Alone was gigantic. I mean, Macaulay Culkin was one of the biggest yeah. chil- children stars of all time. And sure. this era, you know, so of course they're going to do an episode that's directed at yeah. kids. This episode definitely takes off detective. on it. I did think about this. I was like, well, why would you pick the episode? Why would you pick the Penguin for this Home Alone styled episode? And I think what I came up with is this and see if you agree with me. I think everybody else is too scary. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. if any one of those rogues gallery people are coming after you, Two-Face, Joker, etc., it kind of has to be Penguin yeah. because he's the only one where you could make a joke of him and he's not probably not going to kill you. Yeah. I was trying to replace him with anybody else in my head. I didn't get far. Condiment King. Sure. Okay. <laughs> one of the truly ridiculous <laughs> villains. Maybe. Um, I got to Riddler. Yeah. But I was also like Riddler would never do this. He would never no. go into someone's house like no. this. No. Definitely he's too not. smart. Um, Penguin is also kind of... Penguin, it's weird. Penguin's like... You know, he does have that kind of gentlemanly nature he about him. He can but he's, be goofy. He's also a goofy kind of buffoon sometimes. Right. And to be clear, I like him a yeah. lot. Yeah, me too. And he, he's a valuable rogues gallery member. I just, um, yeah, I couldn't replace him with another. It, it, basically, it had to be Penguin also, in this episode. 
I want to say, think. That, yeah, I think you're right. I I agree with you 100. Um, percent Everybody else is too menacing. Even like guys like Hatter are yeah, too menacing. Too, well, for this episode. especially with kids. Yeah. Hatter, oh, well, yeah. About well, it. especially now. Yes, yes, exactly. With this episode, I don't know if this was a production thing. I noticed that this is an episode where Batman is he's incapacitated. He's a prop in this episode. He's basically. a prop. Yeah. And it takes place during the day. Yes. Like this the whole is a episode. Day scare. Yeah. Episode. So another reason why maybe it's like I use the penguin. He's like kind yes. of goofy, and he would be out during. the I day. I agree. This is a, it's a off format episode. It takes place during the day. The main characters are two kids we've never seen before, or like Tiny and Toons rejects. Never. I don't think ever see again. Yeah. Um, no, that's true. Yeah. All right. A couple things from IMDb trivia. Just things I thought were interesting. Can't ignore this. This is the first line on IMDb, tri- IMDb trivia. Yep. The production team regards this as the worst episode of the series. Wow. I think they're being too hard on it. I think so. Um, I, think I actually so. think Underdwellers is worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think The Forgotten is worse. Yeah. And there's a couple of episodes upcoming that I think are also, like, way, way worse. I don't even think this episode is bottom 10 for me. I, I, I like it. It's yes. going to... It's going to shock everyone where I rank it at the end of this episode. I'm very excited. I can't believe they think this this is the worst well, one. Well, you know. I think I know why they think that. Let me read their quotes first, then I'm going to give sort of my theory. So, uh, it says, The series creators, uh, particularly Bruce Timm, said of this episode, I can't even watch that show. It's the epitome of what we don't want to do with Batman. Strangely enough, kids like it. The script came in, and it was terrible. Normally, I tell the director to do what he can to make it interesting, and nobody could figure out a way to make it interesting. The storyboard artist didn't care, and it shows. Um, and then a further comment, this is an unusual episode where Batman spends most of it unconscious, and he never really appears as Bruce Wayne. You know, he doesn't at all, yeah, yeah, just yeah. As, as Batman. Um, we already to- talked about this being the first appearance of the uh, Penguin it says again, the series creators were not quite sure what to do with the Penguin. Initially, they thought of him as a cerebral sort of villain who relied on his wits rather than his fists. They considered turning him into a, I'm going to just say the quote directly here, a bird-loving Norman Bates-style mama's boy who's always under the thumb his overly protective but unseen mother, which they did in the comics. Yes, they did. Yeah. They did something like that in the comics, mm-hmm. but these plans were scrapped after the theatrical release of Batman Returns. And the animated Penguin was retooled to more closely resemble the live-action film's Penguin, played by Danny DeVito. Yep. Um, according to Laren Bright, who is the story editor for the episode, that this episode idea came from Alan Burnett, and the episode was rewritten or heavily rewritten against the wishes of the writers who worked on the script. No kidding. Yeah. Considering they're pretty ashamed of it. Yep. And uh, Batman notably <laughs> fights with a screwdriver in this episode, Hilarious. which director Frank Power absolutely hated. Yeah, dude, the the sword fight with the screwdriver and Penguin's sword cane is great. Yeah, it, oh, yeah, it's it so is great. Stupid. I liked it. It sounds like they really hated this oh, episode. Oh, they hate it. So my theory as to why they dislike it so much is because, as much as we laugh at edgelords and things like yeah, that, yeah, people yeah. that want to be like hardcore, this creative team is fighting really hard to be taken seriously. And they're doing great work, and we've seen them already achieve amazing things look at two-face parts one and two yeah. which are sort of undeniable yeah well, or for for me pov is sort of undeniable yes um this episode is now really tonally all over the place yeah. it's a hard left turn in terms of being like yeah great let's just do a silly one one yeah. for fun is what it feels like it's, it's the silly picture you take after taking five serious ones right yeah. so but i think the series needs that lightness and again i defend this episode. but i will say this when you're in production yeah. and you want to be taken seriously like you say if you have a silly episode like this it could kind of derail the whole thing i agree because i could see like a production house or a studio being like what's with this episode with the penguin this is yes. stupid if this was an album 
yeah. uh, of music. And yeah. this was a song on that album. I feel yeah. like this would be the first thing the producer would say, get rid of that song. Yeah, cut that song. Yeah. What's also, They'd say release it on a rarities and B-side yeah, special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save you know? that for later when you need right. to make money off another release. <laughs> right. Um, also, though, the other thing here is that um, it's definitely directed at kids, this episode. So I understand why you need it there, too. It's like you kind of have to prove, oh, well, this is a kid's show to a degree. Right. We can which, sell which toys. Which a lot of times they almost don't do. Because in this episode, we have something we don't really ever get. Or, or, or sorry, I should say that we don't often get. We get a surrogate character. Yeah. Sherman Grant, the junior detective, yeah. right? Uh, we we don't really spend a lot of time with surrogate characters in this series. No. Montoya a little bit yeah, in yeah, yeah, POV, yeah, 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 yeah. but for the most part, no. no. This is kind of our first off-format episode that has this kid-aged surrogate character who's the actual age of the kids, allegedly, who are watching this yeah. show. Yeah, so it's like, but hey, it's, kids, you can help Batman, too. This feels like... But there's like, a specialness to it. Oh, of course. This feels like a comic book you would get in the 90s, early 90s, when, you know, all of the main Batman lines were super serious and there was, like, Batman Adventures or something where it's like, this is a comic book for, like, eight-year-olds to read. And we see that a lot with, like, kids stuff. It's like, read this episode of <laughs> Batman where he's helped by a boy detective that is, you know, it's, right. it's like case closed with Detective Conan. You know, it's like... Uh, right. It's kind of got this kind of boy. It's got like a Nate wonder. the Great kind of thing. Yeah, going yeah. yeah, Nate. Nate, Nate the, the Great Nate goes the, down in the dumps. <laughs> <laughs> Those are great books. Nate the Great, Hardy Boys. You know, Nancy Drew. Um, you know, we love kids. Love a good kid detective story. I I think they do. Um, I'm gonna dive into the episode now, but Let's I think do it. There are a couple of topics we're gonna kind of hit as we go. I've got Batman in my basement. All right, so this is season one, episode thirteen, production side. I've got Batman in my basement. We get the theme song, uh, leading us into our title card. Really nice. Uh, basement door open. It's the source of light from up above, leading down a dark staircase that gets increasingly darker as we get into this shadowy and unseen basement. We get this great orchestral music, very dark, very mischievous uh, and creepy, which yeah. later becomes the Penguin's theme. Yep. So even if he does not have a great first showing in this episode, he picked up really good music. Of course. Um, this episode is directed by Frank Power and written by Sam Graham and Chris Hubble. Hubble. Our first shot is of a moonlit terrace as the camera pans over Gotham City. We get an exterior shot of a window and then down to two men dressed as window washers. Nice. Uh, taking a lift winch up to that same window. But the camera shows us what's inside. It's a glittering egg. It's like glittering with like this kind of rose-colored energy, for yeah. lack of a better yeah, word, it's right? Really weird. It's under a spotlight. Close up on the egg. We, we could assume, if you know anything about um, valuables, that it's a Fabergé egg. Yeah. Um, and we get a close-up then on a green triangle sliced into the window with like some kind of laser specialized I, cutting tool, which is totally anachronistic, but it's okay. I love that every thief in every cartoon that we watch growing up ever had some way of cutting glass. Oh, yeah. Like some <laughs> a really funky cool way, way. Cool way of cutting glass. I used to love when Catwoman, Catwoman would take her that. claws and do like a perfect circle. Yeah, and then <laughs> Catwoman does that. Black Cat does that yes, too because absolutely. they're the same character. They're the same character. Almost played by the same actress. <laughs> exactly. It's ridiculous. Um, the goon kind of... I don't even know if I want to call him a goon. He's pretty pretty proficient. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm not giving him his due. He reaches him through the new hole in the glass. Um, the associate. With that same tool. Yeah, the associate. Uh, it's got like this kind of telescopic robot arm that comes out with a claw to snatch the egg. And the operator is kind of sweating as he is operating this tool. Yeah. He successfully removes the egg, so good job. No alarms go off. He's trying to win that that uh, cream <laughs> the, game. The clog it, man. We watched. Oh, we went out for Mike's birthday a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And we watched a man pour conservatively two hundred dollars yes. into a claw machine just to win 
granted a large donut cat. Yes. A half donut, half cat. Yeah. I don't know. It was cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That probably retails for $20. You know, it's not about the money. It's about... Well, that's what I'm saying. For him, uh, it was really about the achievement. It's about the achievement. And when he got that, uh, I heard that people got very excited. Uh, We cheered. I I get unreasonably excited for claw (laughs) games for people. And you know what? When I was watching this episode, I was really rooting for this guy. (laughs) I was like, come on, man. Get that egg. Of course, Mm. the penguin has an egg-themed So, yeah. Well, actually, we find that with all the early Batman villains. Penguin is no exception. That they're kind of... They steal what they're themed to yeah. steal, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So the Mad Hatter steals hats, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I've, I've brought up before. Um, all right. Uh, next scene, the window washers, quote unquote, take the lift down to a rooftop level. Uh, their caper is thus far successful. They make a break for it. They strip off their uniforms and they're, they're laughing about how easy the heist was. And there's reference Uh-oh. to an unseen boss that, listen, we can assume is the penguin. They're stealing an egg. Yeah. You know, who else could it be? Um, so, uh, the thug says, yeah, to, all it took was five minutes. Then we hear Batman, of course, and that'll get you five years. And Batman, we're, we first see him, uh, up against the silhouette of the full moon, this great shot of him with good behavior. But then we get a bird screech from somewhere up behind Batman and this huge bird attacks. We don't actually see it yet. What we see is a shadow and these huge talons that take Batman down uh, again, we don't really see the bird. We just see these huge talon yeah. marks yeah, on, Batman's on Batman's cape. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for the fleetingest moment, I was just like, oh, Man Bat? Man Bat's back! <laughs> Man Bat? Imagine. But alas, our favorite villain, Man Bat, was not back. We are not repeating on Leather Wings yet. Sadly. But I wait every episode for I, when I, Man I, Bat returns. I hope he shows back up. Me too. Um, so the goons get away because Batman, of course, is dealing with the bird. They escape into the building. And while mostly unseen, the bird continues this assault on Batman, who is knocked to the ground. And his battering, which he's been trying to use, just clatters onto the concrete. Finally, we see the bird in full view. It's an enormous vulture. Uh, it is Michael Keaton. No, yes. It's an enormous vulture. Full-size um, vulture Batman literally wrestles with the bird because it's about the same size as him. Uh, eventually, he throws it off the building where we don't see it, but presumably it flies away. And then he collects some bird seed in his hands, and he actually says out loud, "Bird seed." Yeah, it's the I, I don't I don't get the bird seed. Vultures also don't eat bird seed; they eat animals. Right, dead it was, animals. It was confusing. I was like, "What's going on with the bird seed?" They don't really revisit this. No, we will see more bird seed later, of course. But it, I I think maybe it's implied that the penguin is controlling the birds using bird seed. Can we assume that the penguin eats bird seed? Uh, I don't know. Some say he drinks blood. <laughs> I don't know that we can assume he... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we get a transition to the Gotham suburbs. These suburbs look way better than yes. the suburbs that we saw in Never Too Late. Uh, these reminded me of like the rows of like sort of brownstone houses that you see typically on the edge of major East Coast cities. I was thinking of Brooklyn and Queens where you see houses like that that are maybe two or three stories yeah. and they're kind of shoved close together and there's a little bit of a suburbia. There's front lawns, yeah. but there's also like the city in the background and then like the the trash is kind of piled up on the streets and like no offense i just mean that's that's kind of what these neighborhoods look like they they feel both somehow urban sprawl but at the outermost edges of this so Mm -hmm. this is truly a gotham suburb yeah um it's not squeaky clean and that's important we get two kids sitting on a porch one's a boy with red hair and glasses we find out his name is sherman and the other is a girl with brown hair she's wearing a red ball cap her name is roberta Mm -hmm. uh we're gonna hang on to these names for later uh, there are main characters in this episode, and again, this is an off-format episode, so yep. we're getting one of those weird times where we introduce new characters, and they are the main characters in the episode, and then we basically don't ever see them again. Never again. Uh, Sherman is looking through his new junior detective kit, <laughs> and I'm already shouting, 
Let him be Robin. I know. Anyone but Dick Grayson. Make Sherman Grant Robin. Sadly, that doesn't happen. Or Roberta. I'll take yeah. her too. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. Oh, the kit Spoiler. contains, right? Yeah. A pen light, binoculars, and even this cool badge. And I, I really wanted this kit. I remember when I was yeah, a kid being yeah, like, yeah. I want the junior detective I'm going to be a junior detective. So it should be pretty evident to the listener now and, and to anyone viewing the episode, these kids are supposed to be us. Yeah. Yeah, they're the These fans. are the comic book readers. These are the kids who are the age that this show is targeted towards. Mm-hmm. And they're not at all trying to hide it. Uh, you know, these are kids who want to be detectives, especially Sherman. Um, so, you know, undoubtedly, as is always the case, some handsome bullies show up to give them a hard time. Yo, Sherwood, what you got there, right? And Sherman corrects him about his name. But he knows of Sherwood Forest. Uh, it's true. Uh, and both bullies uh, pick through the kit, and they're kind of playing with his stuff. One claims to see a hawk using the binoculars, and Sherman grabs those back and correctly identifies it as a giant South American vulture. Oh, hmm. uh, Frank the bully seems suspicious that you know vultures would not be around uh, this part of the world. Sherman and Roberta take off on their bikes, and Sherman believes that the vulture in Gotham City is worth checking out. He's right. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's very strange. Uh, so they follow the vulture as the dramatic music returns and our shot remains on the bird as we transition. Yeah, um, it's odd that he's using vultures and not penguins with rocket launchers, but, I mean, what can we do uh, here? Also, Yeah, amazingly, like, that's one instance where the movie was more outrageous, yeah, exactly. right, than the cartoon. Also, like, Sherman is not helping himself out here. Like, the guy's like, oh, I think it's a hawk. And Sherman's like, no, it's a South American vulture, idiot. It's like, yes. uh, all right, all right, the, all right, don't. no actually crowd, right? Yeah, don't know yeah. actually, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't well, do that. Just be is, like he is right. He though. is right. But if you want to get your lunch, if you don't want to get your lunch money taken, just be like, I don't know if that's a hawk. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Um, so the bird flies over the stacks of some condemned industrial plant or something where it disappears as kind of like a series of warehouses. Uh, Sherman and Roberta park their bikes. They sneak in through a hole in the chain link fence. Roberta does try to warn Sherman, but she kind of just resigns herself and she says, "Ugh, men." Uh, she says exasperatedly before following Sherman. So then we get inside the warehouse where we reunite with the two henchmen from the heist and they're mm-hmm. waiting for whoever their boss is. Ooh, I wonder who it could be. I guess it's a penguin man. Um, the li- <laughs> Yeah, the hideous penguin man, of course. Um, the little henchman is nervous. He hears a noise, which turns out to be, this is so weird, bird seed yeah. falling from the ceiling into a neat pile on what looks like maybe a gas can. Sure. Uh, so the big one angrily just kind of kicks that out of the way. And the, the camera follows up the cascading bird seed up to the Sherman. He's up on the catwalk with Roberta. And I guess he's punctured a bag of bird seed on purpose. But I, I think this is a flaw in the writing. We do not know why he did that. No. We are never told why Sherman punctures this bag to allow bird seed to just fall to the floor. Unless he did it by accident. But then the shot makes it really look like he's holding that bag, having done that on purpose. Yeah, maybe he thought they the vulture would come after these guys maybe or maybe he thought that in case they were heard they would just look up and say oh one of the bags burst i don't know maybe Maybe. that's the only thing i could come up with anyway you know what let's just skip to this a trap door in the floor opens and boom here's the penguin oh it's the penguin he comes up on a lift that kind of looks like a cage of course uh he seems to frighten both henchmen maybe they didn't know if that trap door could do that i don't know yeah i don't know um, and welcome to the animated series, Mr. Cobblepot. This yeah, is our that's first, right. first appearance of the penguin. penguin. Yeah. So yeah, again, we kind of went over this look. It's really bizarre. He kind of looks like Batman Returns, but kind of speaks like Burgess Meredith. He has the deformed hands. We don't really know where we're going with this, right? Mm-hmm. The, and the creators don't either. No. Uh, the kids are alarmed. Sherman recognizes the villain. Smart kid. The penguin. Uh, see, I, I knew he was a comic he book reader. He read, he read the comics. He knew. 
Uh, the penguin, fucking his first line in the series, he makes a fucking bird yeah, noise. Yeah. Which, is, which is not, I don't think penguins do that. No, they but, don't. No. And then the vulture comes to him like yeah. he understands. Yeah. After he does the yeah. bird call. We learn that the vulture's name is Scrap and the penguin literally just feeds him raw meat or carrion from his pocket. Which, why the bird seed? Ah, uh, yeah, birdseed. I, I don't know. They didn't figure that out. I yep. don't know, man. Uh, Penguin's hands are noticeably flippers, which we said already. And he's got this accent that is purely sort of aristocratic. Uh, he, when he's feeding the bird, he says, ready for a ripe repast. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, and yeah, Paul Williams doing a great job here. Yeah. Um, the nervous henchman claims that the bird gives him the willies. <laughs> and the penguin ardently defends the bird. He says, if it weren't for scrap, you two would be feathering your nest at Stonegate Penitentiary. Yeah, lots of, lots of bird puns. Yes. And then penguin asks for the egg. Uh, the nervous henchman reveals it. And we very briefly get a POV shot from the catwalk, uh, which we know is Sherman and Roberta yeah. looking down. Penguin quotes Shakespeare's sonnet 54. Oh, how much more doth beauty beauteous seem as he beholds the glittering egg. What a ham this guy is. Yeah. He actually makes a ham reference later. Yep. Um, Sherman exclaims, what a little fucking nerd he is. They stole the Von Ulster Fabergé egg. I'm like, does this kid know everything? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exclaims Sherman. The kid's really smart. Uh, why isn't he Robin? I wrote again in my notes. He I should be know. Robin. But there uh, is Robin Erda. Well, that, I'm going to get to that. Yeah. So Roberta doesn't know what he's talking about. Don't you read the papers, he asks. She says, do the comics count? Well done. Good girl. These are <laughs> us. These are the comic book readers. This episode is about the fans. Uh, Sherman starts to crawl away. He tells Roberta that the egg is worth a fortune. They need to tell someone. I don't know about that kid. I think he just let it let it go. Yeah. Uh, the two kids crawl on the catwalk. They're unfortunately spotted by Scrap, but luckily Batman is also there. He intervenes before this can really become a situation. He throws a net over the bird, which I'm sure he just happened to have. Yeah, bat net. Uh, yeah. The screeching bird alerts the penguin and his goons, but they can't do much in this moment. Batman just dives right for the egg and grabs it and pulls a lever that miraculously dumps a ton of bird seed onto penguin and the goons and the episode could end there yeah but fucking sherman it doesn't it's totally inept he hits a switch that sort of accidentally starts a conveyor belt into the bird seed grinder where he and roberta are about to be mashed up so batman has to dive to rescue them in a very superman like fashion he yeah. like kind of grabs a kid in each arm and he's like bounding and leaping down the different parts of the factory belts uh you know, very very cool superhero moment uh but at the end of that penguin has a nasty surprise he hits batman with nerve gas yep. straight up nerve gas which is one of the most potent things i think penguin has at his disposal uh batman can't even fight he stumbles he struggles for air luckily he finds the open warehouse door so he's like gasping for air outside as like his entire muscle system yeah, is just rough. shutting down it's some bad shit um He's trying to get himself into the Batmobile. He has actually activated a remote control from his utility belt to bring yeah. the Batmobile to his location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He manages to get himself to the car, but that's about all he can do before his body just shuts down. So Sherman and Roberta, which is a great moment, they get into the car with him. Yeah. Uh, and Penguin sees this escape in progress. And then it's one of my favorite sequences. They're trying to figure out how to work the car. Yeah. And in so doing, they activate like every cool gadget that the car has we briefly see like the fucking missiles that i remember being yep. on that car yep, yep, for the yep, toy yep. um and eventually they shoot out i think some uh uh tear gas or something like that and then they manage to close the lid and they get away with roberta working the pedals yep and sherman working the steering vincent adult man yep, style exactly classic kids <laughs> trying to drive kids in a trench coat trying to drive yep. right absolutely uh, but i love it because the car gets away but the goons are and the penguin are still on the car yeah 
So yeah, as yeah, the car yeah. is like sliding into everything in the industrial park, getting out onto the streets, it's like throwing one goon through a crate. Another goon gets thrown off. The penguin nearly gets killed, but he puts out the, um, he has like a parachute umbrella that he of uses, he to like a float away. Like Peach. Like Peach. She'd be a totally Princess Peach style. Um, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, yeah. So we get a transition. Batman wakes up in the titular basement for this episode. Uh, Sherman gives him a glass of water, which he could barely swallow. Drink this! His fucking muscle system yeah, is failing. Yeah, he's got no esophagus. <laughs> um, he's in bad shape. Um, we see there's a poster of the Joker. So Sherman collects like a wanted poster because he's a fucking fan. And you gotta yeah. have cool shit in your exactly. basement. It's his man cave. That's right. Um, Sherman introduces himself, and this is his crime lab. Oh, yeah. All right, this is his version of the Batcave. <laughs> Batman moans, mm. asking for a capsule. Sherman thinks that Batman, who's slurring his speech, has, you know, he's concerned he's been captured. Sherman corrects him, telling him it's just him and his mom, and then he introduces Roberta after some prodding from Roberta. Batman tries to correct him. No visor, moans Batman before he passes out again, but the kids have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, Roberta wants to call the police, but Sherman insists on protecting the identity of the client, which sounds like a, oh, ha, 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 what a mishap, because if they had called the police, yeah, Gordon could have helped them. But I think it's more of a noble moment yeah. that he has Batman, and he's like, no, I'm going to keep this guy safe. No yeah, one's going to yeah. know where he is, and so he's also, just going to stay here and recover. This kid doesn't know Batman's relationship to Gordon. For sure. Exactly. So it's one of those things where it's like, Sherman doesn't know, so he's like, oh, i got to keep Batman safe, probably because the cops don't like him. I will say that the animation of this episode is very Tiny Toons. It is. It is. It's like, very Warner's it's, animation. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like classic, like that era of Warner animation. Yeah. Um, Scrap the Vulture flies over the rooftops of the city. We get a close-up on the penguin in his car. He's scheming about how to track down the kids. He refers to Batman as a worm, less than nothing, a worthless peasant. So yeah. I guess that's the angle they're going uh, yeah, with right. for, for Penguin. Um, we do say we, we do hear the penguin say that he knows that the gas will keep Batman out of commission for a week. Ooh. So that is some bad shit that Batman got hit some... with. Uh, we meet Sherman's mom, yeah, who's kind of a babe, right? <laughs> Sherman's mom's walking down the hall. We don't see her face. She opens the door to the basement. We see her silhouette. She calls down to the dark basement. Uh, she warns Sherman he better not be making gunpowder again. Yep. Uh, Roberta tells her the truth that they have Batman down yeah. in the basement. Yeah. Uh, but she ignores Roberta, of course. Yeah. Um, so she just says, "Oh, that's nice. Yeah, d- you'll be safe. Whatever." She's a typical mom yeah. thing. She oh, says, "Okay, just uh, don't hurt yeah, yourself. Don't burn kids. the house down. Right. Be ho- I'll yeah. be home by dinner." Right. So from outside, Mrs. Grant tells Sherman that she's going out to the store. She wants them to stay out of trouble. Little does she know. Um, the bullies return, finding a brick on the sidewalk, probably about to break a window. But as they toss the brick, um, they accidentally uncover the Batmobile under a pile of boxes yeah, where Sherman they, has hidden it. They did a good job, but, you know, that brick. <laughs> that brick. One brick undead at all, yeah. Uh, Sherman confronts them, but of course they give him a hard time. They hop into the Batmobile, and they don't believe Sherman at first because Sherman's telling them, like, straight up, like, uh, well, at first he's like, oh, it's my uncle's car. But, oh, you know what? It's the Batmobile. They don't get it. Yeah. Until they start playing around in the car and they're yeah. like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> this the is the Batmobile. Yeah. Um, and they pull down the visor and out pops the first aid kit with yep. the capsules that probably have the anti-venom or the anti-toxin for yeah. this specific yeah. nerve gas. I have oh, penguin gas. Get the capsule. <laughs> right. I, I like to think it was actually labeled for penguins yeah. Yeah. muscle gas or whatever. Yeah. Uh, then we get to the basement in the next scene. Sherman administers the capsule. 
He implores Batman to wake up, and Frank and Nicholas, or Frank and Nick, who are the bullies, they also come down to the basement to see what's up. They actually try to unmask Batman, but Sherman, again, prevents that from happening. He's protecting Batman. Yeah, kind of like the two kids in Spider-Man 2 who tell Tobey Maguire that they ain't going to tell nobody. That's right. Who I think those are Tobey Maguire's like younger half-brothers. Oh, yeah. It's also yeah. one of the best moments in that movie. Of course. And of course, yeah, he's just a kid. uh sherman tries to warn them about the penguin uh just as the penguin actually shows up in his car which has that kind of unforgettable like bird hood on it which i don't know why as a supervillain you would want that it's stupid yeah anyway it's a bad move um (laughs) roberta's trying to dial 911 but scrap ate the phone yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) he like ate the telephone line very funny um Again, very Saturday morning cartoon. Yes, like, yes. why can't I? There's no one there. <laughs> you pan over to the bird just eating the telephone. Ruin, ruin the telephone for the whole neighborhood. <laughs> right. That stupid bird. Um, the thugs believe no one is at home, and this starts our Home Alone sequence. Yes. The door is locked. The <laughs> penguin quotes 18th century poet Richard Lovelace. Stone walls do not a prison make, nor iron bars a cage. What a guy. See, the, the, the nobody else would have gotten this. Yeah. It's the English teacher who's like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uses another special umbrella attachment to blast open the lock with his unlocking smoke. I don't know how to put it better than that. Um, he sends in the goons first. Sherman and Roberta get uh, ready for Operation Foul Play. Well Holy done. shit. Yeah, That's really the bottom good. of the episode. Really good. Really good. That's uh, the worst thing in the yeah, episode. Yeah. They're going to get real foul. Penguin comments on the artwork in that Yeah, house. he's like, he <laughs> thinks it's stupid. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we're just straight up in Home Alone at yep. that point. They uh, So Sherman has taken Batman's utility belt. Mm-hmm. And he and Roberta are using the different things in the utility belt to create traps yeah. for these henchmen and for the Penguin. So one guy gets he tries to walk across a threshold. Yeah. His ankles get tripped up. And he ends up wrapped up in cable or yeah. duct tape. Oh, the smaller guy suffers the effects of one of Batman's exploding pellets before tipping over the couch. Um, Sherman and Roberta attack the penguin with, uh, like, cable ties and smoke pellets, and briefly they have him. But, of course, Penguin's an actual supervillain, so he just, like, produces the blade from the umbrella, cuts himself loose, and they run away because they're kids. more than that to stop a penguin? Yes, Roberta and Sherman run down into the basement. They lock the door. Frank and Nicholas have been trying to revive Batman, but they have not been able to do it. Um, Sherman did previously administer the capsule to Batman. Yes. So I guess it's working all this time, yes. but it hasn't worked yet. Um, so uh, the penguin and his goons barge, and we actually hear the same sound effect <laughs> of the umbrella using the magical unlocking smoke to get through the door. What a good umbrella. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Um <laughs> Penguin gets down to the basement. Thank goodness he's not really interested in killing the kids. He just wants to get his egg and get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want right. anything to do with this. I came for the egg. Right. So he moves for the egg, and then he... Well, here's the problem. He could just have the egg and leave, but he got greedy. Yeah. See, that's pride fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> he produces the whirring helicopter blade, the little one, the saw blade, from the umbrella, and he's going to straight up kill Batman. Yep. Which is pretty dark for a kid's show. Yeah. Because Batman can't fight back. He's totally incapacitated. He just has these four children protecting him. Or is he? Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. So, uh, Batman, in this moment, makes a full recovery. Yeah, of course. He grabs Penguin's umbrella. He dispatches the goons in two seconds. Uh, by the way, Penguin, Penguin totally fearless. Yeah, yeah. This he guy just, is... like, 
turns his umbrella into the sword cane, and he's going to fight Batman one on one. The size differential between these men yes, he's is like four eleven to six two or six yeah. three or something like that. Yeah, it's like there there's a big size difference, and he, like of course, like a Shakespearean character, it's time to fight with swords. With a sword, they're, yes. They're going to have a fencing this is match. The, the Hamlet Laertes fight yeah, in yeah. Hamlet Act Five, and, and of course, Batman only has one thing to fight with. <laughs> a I need a screwdriver. Which yeah, they the the we read the notes for the production side of this. They hated this. Oh, they yeah. hated that he fought yeah, with a screwdriver. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of dug it. It was funny. Hey, it's very MacGyver. Very MacGyver. Listen, Batman improvises. Yeah, man, he's got to do what he's got to do. But also, I, I guess the only way that this fight is fair is that Batman is still recovering from nerve gas. Yeah, he's like, and he, ah. only, and he doesn't have his utility belt. <laughs> he only has a screwdriver. But he has the fight penguin. It's not even a Phillips head. It's not right. even the good screwdriver. <laughs> it's the flat head. It's the flat top screwdriver. Nobody even uses those screws anymore. If I see flat top screws, I'm like, what year is it? Yeah. It's um so this fight happens. Uh, it's very quick. Um Batman takes care of Penguin pretty easily. It's pretty sad for the penguin. So if you're yeah. a penguin fan, this is a bad episode. Sorry, penguin fans. Sorry, penguin fans, all three of you. Wow. Um you know what, Penguin fans? You're getting a whole HBO Max television yeah, series. Penguin the in an show. era where HBO Max is canceling everything. Yeah, okay, you you're get, still getting your show. You got show. Colin Farrell's Richard Kind. Yeah, actually, you know what? In this today's <laughs> recording, we got good news today. Yeah, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn season four is yeah. happening after awesome. HBO Max just cleaned house. For a second, I was just like, is this just going to become that House of the Dragon fucking network and nothing else? Yeah. No, well, hey, man, I'm glad that Harley Quinn's ba- uh, coming back. I was just waiting to hear. Two things, basically, that I really cared about. I was like, am I going to get Batman the Animated Series to stay on this platform? Which, for now, it is. Yeah. And is Harley Quinn renewed, or are they yes. flushing out that show, too? But no, they, they kept it. They renewed so, Harley Quinn. Yeah. For Batman fans, this is a good day. Good day. Um, We're in the wrap-up of this episode, which is silly. Yes. Um, Sherman's mom comes home yeah. after the Penguin has been defeated. She sees the state of the house, and she, like, screams. And Perfect when she, mom moment. Right. She walks downstairs. She sees what has occurred. She gasps. We get this great dialogue. Sherman <laughs> says, um, Mom, I'd like you to meet Batman. <laughs> Batman, this is my mom. And Batman just goes, ma'am. Like a cowboy. <laughs> Like a cowboy tipping his cap. Right. Um, Mom goes, uh, hello. And then Sherman has the stinger on this. Say, Batman, you wouldn't be single, would you? Yeah. Because he wants Batman to fuck his mom. (laughs) I think he wants Batman to be his dad. No, I like my interpretation better. (laughs) I have it right. You do. And he wants to watch. No, I'm kidding. Of course, he wants Batman to be his dad. (laughs) Uh, Final scene. We get two Gotham Times headlines. The first is pint-sized Pinkerton's Pluck Penguin. Uh, which is terrible. Amazing alliteration, though. But also... You have to appreciate that as alliteration. Alliteration. Also, uh, fun fact, the Pinkertons, which were a private detective agency, were started by Alan Pinkerton. Yeah. And we'll see at the end of this episode that Sherman has started his own junior detective agency. Uh, The second headline on the second paper gives us, oh, thank goodness, some closure for Scrap the Vulture. Yeah. The Gotham Zoo has acquired a rare vulture. Oh, that's nice. It's a happy ending for Scrap. Yeah, after he ruined everyone's phone line. <laughs> right. Uh, Sherman hangs both of these on his basement wall. He seems to be running his own detective agency. He commands his two bullies, Frank and Nick, to set up some surveillance on one case while he and Roberta go off to solve the great mystery of the neighborhood's lost dog. You're the boss, Sherman. The bullies sigh, uh, kind of putting that little teasing energy on the name Sherman that they had made fun of earlier, calling him Sherlock. Uh, And my favorite shot, we see Batman's legs walk past the basement window, and we know he's watching and very likely grateful. Um, 
I know this episode is silly. Mike, what are your closing thoughts? All right, it's a silly episode. Yeah. But I understand why the appreciation is there. I understand why you like it. Um, and I don't. <laughs> You're really think, trying to give me something. I appreciate. And it. I think no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like. In the end, it's like I don't know why this would be the worst episode. I mean, we watched the Underdwellers. We watched. Under, from my, my mind, this is the, not even the, bottom the, ten. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not great, but it's not. Also, we're we're in our thirties, right? Yeah. This is not kids would eat this episode up, and ultimately, we can't forget that cartoons are originally they're meant for children. Yeah. It's this. This is the constant argument I have with people on the internet who think that they own Pokemon and that Pokemon needs to <laughs> right. mature. It's like, no, you 40-year-old man. Right. Pokemon is for 10-year-olds. You can enjoy something that a 10-year-old enjoys. Yeah. It's perfectly fine for you to enjoy something like a Marvel movie, like uh, an episode of Batman, like Pokemon, like any Saturday morning cartoon. But in the end, this is an episode that's going to, you know, it's going, it, it gives kids that pat on the back that it's like, you know what? I can do something good too. I can help out Batman. And who wouldn't want to help out Batman? Batman's had at least three or four different child sidekicks See, who have died. <laughs> so, so, so you want to stay on his good side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, um, you know, it's a goofy episode. It's a bad introduction for the penguin. The penguin's misused. But ultimately, I think the message is good. I think it's a yes. fun message at the end. I think it just gets wrapped up in Saturday morning goofiness, which, you know, as an as a Listen, the show came out when I was six. I was a six-year-old kid. I'm all about it. This is yeah. great. Ah, yeah, the kids help Batman in this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the, the, I do think that the bullies are up to something at the end. <laughs> it's not kind of like, oh, yeah, you're the boss. No, they kind of, they kind I, of like, I think it's more I think innocent they, than they that. They become Joker goons. No, they yeah, don't. Yeah. They're fine. They go out of their way to specifically go after Sherman's detective agency. No, they're part of the agency. They yeah, work for I, him. I, that's from the inside. All right. My closing thoughts on this one. So first, I just want to talk about ranking for me, which is this is now a wild statement. I'm sure you've noticed we're trying to do like kind of an unofficial top 25 for each of us. And every time we get a ranking episode, we try to mention it. So we've mentioned, of course, Two-Face Parts 1 and 2 for us. I think POV. Um, So we've had a couple. Yep. Um, I think even on Leather Wings was was that on yours or was a near miss? Just for out you? of the top ten. So this episode is just out of the top twenty five for me. It's number okay. twenty six. It's probably just below POV for me. Okay. And people who look at the hundred and nine episodes might be like, Jordan, it's fucking crazy yeah. that you would put yeah. I've got Batman in my basement above so many other episodes. Um, it has to do with what the core of this episode is. Because and we're, I'm going to do a sentimental closer on this one because maybe maybe I'll bring even one listener over to my side. Um, when we grew up, uh, all of us, all yeah. of us who watched this show yeah. and loved this thing, uh, or read these comics, or loved these movies, we all had Batman in our basement. Of course. Okay. Um, we may not have had the literal man in our basement, but we all had the books or yeah. the film or the toy or something. And he was in our basement. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he was waiting there for us. And, you know, when you're a nerd and yeah. I realize it's cool to be one now, yeah. but it didn't used to be. It was very, a very horrible, lonely existence. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you're a nerd, you mostly have people telling you the thing you like is stupid. Yep. Uh, sometimes that thing is Batman, but it could be anything. It could be Transformers. It could be Magic the Gathering. It could be wrestling. It could be anything. Anything. 
and they tell you like this niche thing that not a lot of people like is a stupid thing, yeah. even if it's Batman, even yeah. if it's like a well-known thing, yeah. even in the world of nerddom. Yeah. And your job is to kind of defend it yeah. and say, no, this thing is good. And I like it, and it's important to me. Yeah. And thankfully, we live in a culture now, yeah. in the 2020s, uh, where enough people did that. Yeah. And you don't really have to be ashamed of being a nerd anymore. Though, of course, there are always going to be um, aspects of being a nerd that are still frowned upon for whatever reason. Um, but this episode was important to me because I was like, okay, we have these surrogate characters. We have Sherman, definitely a play on the word Sherlock, the junior detective who wears glasses and reads yeah. comic books, who's supposed to be the 8 to 10-year-old boy who's watching this show. Mm -hmm. And Roberta, same thing, the girl who reads comic books and wants to watch the show. Roberta, you correctly said, yeah, a play on the word Robin. Robin yeah. so, you know, Sherlock and Robin, Batman yeah. and Robin, yeah. essentially. This is the junior version of them. And, you know... The episode starts off, they have the bullies yeah. who are sort of drawn to be more conventionally attractive or like yeah. maybe they're into sports or something. And they start off against Sherman and Roberta at the beginning of the episode. And at the end, they work for him. Yeah. Like that's crazy. It almost kind of tries to say to you, you know what? If you love a thing enough and you protect it and you believe in the virtue of the thing, people will come over to your side and that your ideas and the things you love uh, have intrinsic value. Yeah. Um, so... I also think the episode has an incredible title. Yeah. Because uh, that title speaks to, you know, this is the time where I get to protect my hero. Mm -hmm. um, and the stakes are not very high in this episode, and that is ultimately why people don't like this episode, I think, because it's too kiddish. Yeah. And the penguin is kind of played as a boob, and <laughs> yeah, he just is. Uh, or I should say a booby, right? Uh, make it a bird oh, pun. Oh, nice. Right. And... Um, you know, it's just, it's more of a kiddish episode, but I'm okay with it because I think even though it's a kiddish episode, the episode is still really adult in its theme. Yeah. Like, you can have a hero, you can protect that hero, and that could be a path for yeah. you. Yeah. And this is kind of the contract that we all enter into when we enter into a fandom. Yeah. That I'm going to stand by this thing, I'm going to guard it. Uh, if need be, I'm going to protect it from people that think it's stupid. Yeah. I'm going to protect it, its identity in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so... um. This episode, more than most others, um, really speaks to the idea of what it means to be a fan. That's beautiful, man. I agree. I agree. I understand that. That's in there. I like that. Yeah. It's a great take on an episode that other people <laughs> would trash. Right. To the point where you're defending this episode for its merit in the same way that the episode defends people who enjoy Batman. I think so. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, no it. Um, so look, you know what? You might be sitting in your car or at home or on your jog and be like, this episode's fucking dog shit. I hate it. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm just asking you to consider that at its heart, it, it really has something. Yeah. Um, and speaking of heart, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, next week we're taking on something that is not controversial to say at all. So regardless of whether you think I've got Batman in my basement is good or not, Next week's episode is undeniable. Yeah. We're taking on one of the most anticipated episodes for us to cover on this series. Mm -hmm. It's the episode that everyone talks about. Mm -hmm. In the few guests that we've decided we're going to have on, everyone wanted this, but we're just taking it ourselves. That's right. Um, next week, we're doing Heart of Ice. Heart of Ice, arguably the best episode of the series. It could be the best episode of the series. If not, it tends to end up on everybody's top 10 list, usually sure. in the top five. Exactly. Um, and for many people, it's number one. Yes. Uh, so. so next week, you have a really good reason to tune in for us. It is... Mike taking us through Heart of Ice. Here we go. Straight up. I'm ready. Um, so I think that's it for this week uh, great, because great I've job, also man. got some beer in my basement. I want to get to that. <laughs> okay. So thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast. For Mike Staub, I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel.
And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to support the show, please feel free to give us a like on social media. You can find us at Batman Tasticast on all various forms of social media. Or you could give the show a like or a subscribe or leave a comment because that makes the show that much more visible. Last but not least, please reach out to us. Talk to us about stuff. We love hearing from you out there on the internet, so please continue to do that. And for Jordan Hugh, I'm Mike Staub, and I'd like to thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time.